Now, what the enemy is hoping for today is that we just have church as usual and that you don't hear anything. You're not stirred by anything. You're not to step out in faith or believe or trust. Um, but I just believe that a New Hope is not called to be status quo uh, as much as we try to be. Um, we're not called to be status quo, and it's an obvious lack of power. Uh, what I want to look at uh, this morning is just maybe just one of the enemy's attempts, and that has to do with the word of tradition. Okay, now being Italian, we have tons of tradition, tons. It seems like a, um, all my relatives, uh, I'm the, probably the only one known as Joe. It's either Joey, Jimmy, Johnny, doesn't matter what you're called, they put that E on the end of it. We speak with our hands, we have spaghetti only a certain way, twirl, don't cut, or you're out. It doesn't matter if your last name's Capone, you're a good boy. I mean, it's just the way it was, just such silly traditions. Uh, but when they filter into the church, then we have issues. Uh, then we have problems. And I'm afraid we have problems. So let's just look at this. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about a habit. A, a habit applies to an individual or a small group. I mean, I just do. I have a habit of just kind of giving people uh, their names. I just do. I don't know why I do. I just do. It's just something I think it's kind of... Uh, Kind of actually a friend thing, a friendly thing. And so uh, it's just kind of a habit with me. So a habit applies to like an individual. Now, while a tradition typically applies to a larger group, like the Italian race and all the things that we are into, uh, the word family, for example, is never associated with tradition. I mean, uh, with uh, habit. It's not a family habit. It's a family tradition that you have. And I want, we're going to look at, obviously, this word tradition and how it unfolds in the Word of God. And it's kind of spooky. So a habit begins the process evolving into a tradition. What extends beyond the individual and, off, uh, and affects an expanding group. Uh, maybe even the church. Maybe the Church of America. Okay, but there are other things that have to happen. Webster notes that it must be handed down from generation to generation to generation. This is the way we do it. This is the way we make this. This is our recipe, and you better not mess with it. Generation to generation to generation. Another definition of tra uh, tradition from Webster says that the activity must be part of an established or customary pattern, which could conceivably be in a, even a much shorter amount of time. And I believe the, the church has been altered over a, a couple generations I think a generation might be 30 years, whatever it is, or it could even be uh, conceivably be changed in a shorter amount. It's a, the customary pattern, this is the way we have church, this is what we expect to happen, this is what we expect to do, and this is when we leave. So we want to look at the Word of God. Because soon and very soon it will be your football coach, it will be your teacher, and most likely be your pastor. Mark 7 says this. Let's look at the Word of God. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. Okay, comes this big group coming to Jesus. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. And it almost seems to be our favorite pastime. 
is to find fault no matter what attempt we try to do. Whether it's the Bethlehem walk, whether it's the fear, whether it's uh, some outreach, something, we always seem to find fault. And here's the roots. They also found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews said, except they wash their hands often or eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. Holding is the key word. I know tradition is what we're talking about, but holding to it no matter what. No matter what's going on, this is the way we do it. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they came from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be. Many other things. Now what I'm getting to, I'm wondering what has been passed down to us. Even when I was first brought into this, back in 74, which almost sounds like you're talking Civil War times, but 1970, what was passed down that I just accepted and I grabbed and held on and then passed on? Because that, that is what becomes a tradition, and we can hold on to it. And then he says, and many other things there be, which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. Now just look at all those silly words. Washing of cups and tables and pots and brazen vessels. That's the way we do it here. When our nation is on the brink of collapse and the church is nowhere to be found, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Now I believe the enemy of God's power is man's tradition. Our tradition. Our churchy tradition. How many of you have heard this? How many of you have heard this stuff once you've come out of the darkness of of being lost into the light of Almighty God? Not, Not even hardly old enough yet to be on mother's milk. And yet you hear such things like this. The gifts of the Spirit were just for the apostles. They stopped way back then. Passed down on and on and on. And now we have the devil openly walking into our lives and into our community. How many of you heard, tongues aren't for today, or tongues are the devil, passed down? Is this a tradition, or is this a true biblical statement? Is it truth, or is it man's doctrine? What are we holding to? Paul says this, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. And every time I use that verse, I cannot help and say, and Paul done more than y'all. Who's done as much as Paul? See, when we talk about Jesus, we kind of, you know, fritz out because he's God and you expect him. There's Paul. What can we say now? Paul. Just a dude. 
And here's Jesus' answer. And he answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Look here, laying aside the commandments of God. I don't care if you don't like it, if it's in here, we've got to swallow it. You hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and much other such like things you do. And he said unto me, For well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. And so I'm saying, God, the last thing I've ever wanted was to be plastic pastor in a status quo church. Never wanted that. And yet that is the biggest thing the enemy, I swear, keeps trying to push me in that box. So I don't get out and do what God has called new hope to do. Constantly pushing me back in. However way he does it. Listen to this word tradition. You can look it up at Webster, Webster and all those various things, and it'll just say, you know, that which is done, past by. Here's what it says in the Greek the act of giving up or giving over. Tradition. I might as well just stay it. Because they did it, and he did it, and they did it, and I did it, and though did What's the difference? And whoever follows me, here it is. Stay in there. The act of giving up or giving over. And that's not even the worst of it. I looked at this over and over and over and said, what does that mean? And it goes on and says, the surrenderer of cities. I thought, are you kidding me? The act of giving up and giving over means... We've surrendered our cities. And if you look at it, it says, you become the surrenderer by not doing what you're called to do. By not getting out of the tradition of having church. You know me. There's a lot of stupid stuff in the name of the Lord, and I'm not asking for that. And we will deal with that. But I'm talking about God. God, the Holy Ghost. Could we, without knowing, have given up on something? Given over something? Well, it's not what they said if that was, I was filled with the Spirit and I did that, and so now I'm right? That's what they told me. Could we have? What are we missing today? I believe we are missing the lacking and the power of Almighty God that comes with this gospel. I do. I do. It don't seem like we have anybody has staying power to walk this thing. I'm not even talking about coming up out of the dead. 
I'm just talking about walking it. So I would suggest to you we are missing that. Somehow, some way, when that race, that baton was passed off and he's breathing back like this or reaching forward and you're leaning back, there's been a drop, there's been a miss. And however it was missed, it was left and not picked up, and this has become church. Judges 6 says this, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was at, in Ephra, that pertained uh, unto Joshua the Abizarite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Easy to read over. Threshing wheat in the winepress. Do you know how difficult that was? Threshing wheat in the winepress was both difficult and humiliating. They were hiding. Wheat was to be threshed in the open spaces, typically on a hilltop, so the breeze could blow away the chaff. And he's now in a sunken winepress. It's probably just falling on. There's no breeze. Humiliating, so difficult. Bible says this, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hilltop cannot be hid. The church is to be in open places. On the hilltop. Wheat was not normally threshed in a sunken place like a wine press. The work of the Lord has become both difficult and humiliating. As we hide and try to do it. Counting on the doctrine of man or whatever man can do. Society tells us, hey, this is the way you've always been. Stay there. Society doesn't want anything to do with revival and a stirred-up church. Today's world is dismissing the church and its influence, aren't they? Totally dismissing it. California is about a dried-up raisin. No one asked anybody ever to call out to God to pray for rain. No one. Huge storms coming that have never come before. No one getting on the airway, begging the churches to go to the house of God and pray for mercy. I believe God wants to bring us out of the ordinary. It's an absolute must. It's, this is not like an option. What's coming and what we're facing, God wants to bring this church out of the ordinary into the extraordinary power and the plan of God. And I'm not talking about silliness. Continuing Gideon. And the angel of the Lord unpaired to him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. That was a strange greeting to Gideon. Strange. But let me repeat it. The Lord is with you, almighty church of valor. He is. Rip that tradition off. Just like it's strange with Gideon, maybe Gideon even looked around. In fact, Gideon had questions. What do you mean? How can you say that to me? He said, oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then has all this befallen us? And where did all these miracles which our Father told us of, saying, 
did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? And Gideon says, but now the Lord has forsaken us. And delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I don't know if there's anybody in here. Has their hand on the sword and said, come on, we can do it. We can take them. Or are we just trying to hang on? Until God comes or until you drop. Gideon heard about these great works of God in the past, yet he wondered. Why did he not see these same great works as today? Gideon was thinking the problems with God. Because he said, God, have you forsaken us? And we know that's not true at all. It was with him and with the nation of Israel as a whole. So it must be with us. Or should we customarily just say, you know, you're wonderful. Have a great day. Bless you at your city chicken. At Cracker Barrel. Whatever it's called. Or should we look at it and see, hey, do we want church? We really want a church. In truth, Israel forsook God. God did not forsake Israel. How do you know that? Malachi 3 says, I am the Lord, buddy. I change not. If there's any changing going on, it's been with you. Somewhere along the line, you've changed. Doctrine for tradition. For several decades now, the majority of you that are alive, some maybe if you're older, it was a little different. But for several decades now, the American church has been steadily in a decline of morality and, uh, and uh, integrity. How tragic! The church! How can we be surprised when a sports player, now the great starting quarterback of the Buckeyes, driving drunk, <gasps> how can we be surprised of the actions that our kids, that you've got to have armed police in schools? No, something has happened years ago. And the words are right here in the Bible. Tradition means a giving up or a giving over. America's yours. Giving up and giving over Zanesville. More murders now taking place in Zanesville than I ever know. Ever, ever. Stabbing at the fairgrounds, shooting at this street, that street. Uh, actually like a TV show with a guy in a, in a house with the hostages, thank you, and they're shooting tear gas in Zanesville, not Hollywood. says this in Leviticus, New Living Translation. Listen to this. Listen. This is where we're guilty. The Lord spake to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons, who died after they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of fire before him. And that's what's happening. We're burning the wrong kind of fire. When they burned the wrong kind of fire, when they offered the wrong kind of fire in the holy place back then, they dropped dead. The power of God and the presence of God and the influence of God is dropping dead in our nation. We're offering strange fire. It's 
Slap me five, Jesus. We want to come to church now with popcorn and cookies, be entertained. If you mention the word suffer or holiness, they'll leave. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons who died. I mean, that had to be a tragic thing. After they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of fire before him. We've had a person or two faint in here. It's very disturbing. You had to call the squad once. Very disturbing. I'd like to have two dead. Oh, there's one dead there. Uh, someone grab Nate and drag him out. And could someone uh, grab Daryl and drag him out. We've got to keep going. Drop dead in the service. Now look what he says. The Lord said to Moses, warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die. For the ark's cover, the place of the atonement is there, and I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. Do you understand what that is? What he's saying? He's saying, buddy, you do what I say. Don't you do what you want, but that's what America Church has done. We're doing what we want, wearing what we want, saying what we want, drinking what we want, divorcing when we want, marrying whoever we want, watching what we want, and thinking we're getting away with it. In the meantime, they're tearing down. Here goes another Ten Commandments. Here goes another situation that we stood for. Now I'm taking God we trust out of the allegiance. It's tradition. We have gotten off. I told you before, if you're off a half a degree or something like that, a quarter of a degree, I can't even remember how minute it was, and you're trying to hit the moon, you won't even see the moon by the time you get there. If you're off just a smidgen, just a tilt, you won't even see. Soon we'll be there any minute now. Arrival will come, I know it. God's going to show up until you just die. You'll never even see them. You won't go, oh, well, wait. The Lord says, warn your brothers and sisters. And I am. Not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever you choose. Remember a long time ago, I preached a message on you become the high priest. Meaning, you've dismissed the word of God and you decide what you can do and what you can't do. Well, that's okay now. Well, that's all right. I'm free in the spirit. I have God's grace. We pay the severe, dare price. So whoever started that nonsense, we've carried that tradition on. I've tried not to here, but I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm like Paul. I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I do want to do. I become what I don't want to become. I become what I despise and hate. We paid a severe price by serving God, by doing what we want, and saying it's in the name of God.
I'll tell you this. It has nothing to do with the people involved. Our, we had one wedding scheduled after we had all talked about, you've got to become a member, and if you're going to become a member, it's the only way you can use this building because I'll be forced to use this building for things I don't want to use it, so you must become a member. Went through all that, but I knew I had a wedding after, a couple months after, that didn't want me involved. Nothing harsh, just had their own little thing. We had a tiny connection from someone that we knew and appreciated and loved us. I remember Teresa coming, what are we going to do? We got that wedding. It's, no, they're not members. We'll, we'll just hold our breaths and get through it. And so the time of rehearsal came, I came. I wasn't the pastor, had nothing involved. The group was an unsaved group. I was leaning back on that wall behind Margie, and they were going through their rehearsals. It wasn't silly, wasn't bad, wasn't vulgar, wasn't dirty, nothing. But God was not honored. It was just two people wanting to get married. They didn't know any better. I couldn't say anything. I tried to say a few things. It really fell out of place. They had a chaplain from Samaritan or, or Genesis, I think it was. He actually was sort of in charge. And so they were going through it. Stood back there, and I felt God tell me, don't ever do this again. Let me make my point. This is not a microphone to do and say what you want, sing what you want, make jokes. This microphone is anointed, a vessel anointed in the sanctuary in the house of God to be used for God. And I did, I told God, I won't, I will never do this again. That is how important things are to God. We have celebrities in pulpits now. Instead of men filled with the spirit and the power of God, you've seen it, it's all over, news at times. I remember David Wilkerson used to say there's a major problem with the church when stars in the pulpit outshine the sun, S-O-N. That is certainly going on. Many of you might run after them. Church is not a business. It's not to be run like a business. It's not a theatrical theater next upcoming. And even in that I do want to say this to Wayne publicly in front of all of you. I believe the, all that were involved in the uh, mystery dinner was a huge dose of medicine for the church. I'm not saying, Ooh, pastor's mad. Oh, no. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. And I hope they do put another one together for the fellowship of the saints. I believe it's a time of healing and strength. But I'm talking about just using the sanctuary as a business, as men do, in the things of God. No, 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 no. It's a place. 
Look, this sanctuary is a place for God when God feels just fishermen to be awesome men of God or tax collectors or truck drivers or bank tellers or teachers or ditch diggers, whoever God uses. The sanctuary should be a place for them. And God says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed, God says, those are the ones that are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We need to depart from tradition if tradition has departed from the truth. You've got to be sitting in your chair knowing what I'm saying is true. You've got to know that the condition of our nation, that church just cannot continue to be So what are you asking for, Pat? I'm asking you to beg God to do something with us. Let me read something here. Because you see, nothing changes. People are, the way we are, sort of, you know, kind of in love with God, but lethargic, not really, you know, and that's happened all through time. When George Whitfield and the Wesley brothers, which I hope those names no, means something to you, experienced new birth in the 1700s. They came to an obvious conclusion. They must declare this new life in the churches. But most of the clergy were still dead in their sins. They didn't want such preaching in their midst. So a preposterous proposal was born. Whitfield You have to get the time and age now. Whitfield decided to preach outdoors. And John Wesley was shocked. Certainly, only the words of God can be heard in a church. It's a mad motion, he said. Wesley. Wesley admitted later that I should have thought the saving of souls almost a sin if I had not been in a church. But young George Whitfield prayed through, stepped out, opened up his mouth outdoors. Soon tons of thousands, tens of thousands were being saved. Revival was aflamed in the land, and it was the very same John Wesley who years later would say, The world is my parish, which seemed a radical yesterday appeals to regular today, where he went, This is a mad notion, this is crazy. But one person said, You know what? Enough with tradition. I'm going outdoors. Which everybody was going, sin. Even Wesley, the great Wesley. Everyone is waiting for someone else to do something. That means someone is waiting for you. No one wants to be the first to step out. We are afraid of what people will say. We don't want to rock the boat, even if the boat is sinking. And I'm chief, sissy. It's the truth. God, how can you use a chief sissy? Dating Ruth, first secret date. I've told this eons ago, but church changes so much, half of you probably haven't heard it. 
I hate rides. I despise them. I hate them. I'm a purse holder. I'll hold Ruth's purse and proud of it. But she's my wife now. But before she was my wife, bouncing, excited, 15 or 16-year-old girl, I'm going to ride that, I'm going to ride that. And I'm going, what? She went that. I went. <laughs> and it wasn't just the Ferris wheel. It was the double Ferris wheel. Do they still have them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We rode it. That's what beauty did for the beast. <laughs> Double. I swear I could see Pluto. Stopped at the top, honest to goodness. Ruth's going, that's rockets. <laughs> oh, I remember it. I was pretending to rock, but I was doing Connor reaction to her. It's the truth. Gospel truth. I tell God all the time, God, I hate it. I hate being this. Everyone is waiting for someone else to do something. That means someone's waiting for you, New Hope. Someone's waiting for a church to be a church. We've passed the thing so far, people don't even know what a church is now. Isn't the church that just wants your money? And they're going to hold a bazaar and have an uh, ice cream social and a fish fry. That's why I hated church softball. Be another stupid church playing stupid softball. Try to instill in our guys, be godly, be godly. Because we're afraid of what people will say. We don't want to rock the boat. And I think this is what's holding us back. We will never accomplish God's will as long as our eyes are on people. Or crowds. Or offerings. Peer pressure smothers and stifles. And all of you have suffered under it. God throws a door wide open at work or something and you just can't. Or in an elevator, captive audit, you can't. Peer pressure, you felt that. Peer pressure lulls us to sleep. Now church, now church, take it easy. Peer pressure is like a python whole purpose is to constrict <laughs> and kill you. The whole thing is if you finally wrestle and you finally get a breath and it got that breath and it, and it squeezes tighter. And the Bible talks about a spirit of python. Catherine Booth, hope you know who that is, said this, I believe it will be found in the great day of account that there have been more blessed enterprises squashed, more leadings of the Holy Ghost disobeyed, more urgings of the Spirit quenched through the influence of what are called Christian friends than any other influence put together. 
She goes on and says, let us be influenced by the Lord God himself. I'm not asking you to go insanely crazy and do something. I'm asking you to get a hold of God more than you ever thought you could. She goes on and says, we don't need any new revelations. We don't, we don't need another dumb new revival that isn't true. The scripture alone are our own source, she says. We don't need any independent rebels. We don't. God is looking for servants who will submit. And this is going to be our article. Someone, somewhere, somehow must step out. Someone must make the first move. Let's stand. Cut those lights, please, Patrick. We're going to sing this song that just constantly inspires me. But this is our altar song. You're not to just stand there and look at it. And I'm asking God, somewhere here with this group, people, Lord, we didn't call them and tell them to come here today. I didn't call one of them, God, to say, please, are you coming? Hurry up, Dick. You've got to come. It's almost church. Roger, make sure you bring your wife. I didn't call one person. The Spirit of God has been wooing and calling you back over and over and over for somewhere, somehow, someone, some church, some group, some pastor, some body to step up, step out, rock the boat, and see what God has. That's our altar call. Michael.